Josh, your podcast in the cut. Um, this is going to be a little quick, you know, little thought bubble here. But um, I was just parsing through some, you know, some of the games that we got uh, in the previous day college basketball games and also looking at a, a more general sense uh, with the NET rankings and just some of the other big time OOC matchups that have occurred to this point in the season. And what I found out is, uh, this is through the January 28th, um, well, let's just cover the standings first and then, you know, kind of get to the relevancy of some of this information. Um, so currently the standings are Auburn, uh, 8-0 and 20-1 overall. Um, Kentucky says in 2 and 17-4 overall. Uh, which is it's like in the in the scheme of like the SEC regular season, it's not a tiebreaker, but in seeding, general seeding, there is one. So Auburn still needs to be. Uh, they can only afford one loss. Essentially, they can't afford two. Um, but as far as seeding goes, they, they're still the top seed, which kind of makes it a little bit easier as far as the math goes. Uh, Arkansas five and three, Tennessee both uh, also five and three, uh, assisting of five and fourteen assists respectively. Mississippi State four and three, thirteen and seven. LSU four and four, assisting of five. They've had a really shitty way of things going uh, after the loss of uh, Pinson, and I think he's just came back into really game shape. A uh, and M four and four, fifteen assists. Alabama four and four, now fourteen and seven. Uh, South Carolina four and four, thirteen and seven. Florida thirteen three and five. Vanderbilt three and five, Missouri two and five, Ole Miss two and six, and then Georgia one and seven. Uh, so going from there, uh, just a quick thought. I mean, all, only thoughts I have about this is that LSU probably threw away a pretty good opportunity to be where Kentucky is at uh, after Pinson got hurt. I mean, I'm not really blaming, you know, like Pinson. Because I mean, you should, in my opinion, you should be able to uh, to play off of just one injury. Like, I think that's comes from the injury they've had. And EJ Gaines has been great over that stretch. Uh, Tari Easton had multiple pretty good games. I mean, it's... To me, I, I think that you just... You gotta have... You gotta have at least one other facilitator play, I think. Like, you can't have one facilitator. They, they've had one facilitator. I think that's a bad look by the head coach. Um... I don't know. I just think it's something to consider there. But um, what I really want to talk about was the ACC basketball. Well, I want to say that's in general sense, but I'll also talk about the ACC Big 12. Um, I really want to find an ACC basketball tweet that covers into uh, kind of finer granular statistics, but I don't know if I'll find it necessarily. Um, let's see. So we'll stop teasing. Let's look at the NET. Now, this is NET to January 28th, which is what I wanted it to be like. I wanted to get an idea for kind of how the uh, SEC kind of shake shook out and some of the wins SEC has had uh, also looked. So we will look at. I'm trying to find, I'm really trying to find some granular statistics as far as the SEC's performance, but obviously that's a little bit tough for college basketball. Uh, Gonzaga is number one, Arizona is number two. Houston is number four. Now, there's a commonality between those four programs. Oh, wait, hold up. Wait. Yeah, yeah. Gonzaga number one, 
Baylor number three and Houston number four. I fucked it up. But anyway, the commonality between those three is that they lost to Alabama. Uh, I believe Alabama beat Houston in Houston, beat Gonzaga in Spokane, um, and then beat Baylor on the home court that just happened uh, Saturday. I mean, they probably have, I would say, maybe the two best wins in basketball. I mean, Gonzaga in Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga and Duke play on the neutral court or in Duke. I don't think they played in, um, in Spokane. Uh, let me actually see. Gonzaga versus Duke. Was it was it Las Vegas? It might have been Las Vegas. Let's see. I know it's one of those like general invitationals. Uh, T-Mobile Arena. Okay, so they didn't play where I thought they played. Okay, so they didn't play, you know home anyway they just played neutral so I would pretty much contend that like Alabama has at least the best win would beat the shot of Gonzaga in Spokane and then they beat the shot of Baylor for the most part Baylor kind of kept it close at, at moments but beat Baylor by uh, I believe 10 I want to say in uh, Tuscaloosa so probably two of the best wins I would say um and they beat Houston in Houston which if you don't think the Baylor was that impressive I mean beating Houston in Houston is pretty fucking massive I would say and um, I, I would probably I like I watched in that Houston game I probably contend that Houston should have won that game if the refereeing was equal or at least should be able to send the OT but you know what can you say um, and then going from there we have Arizona who did play SEC school um, it wasn't Alabama it was Tennessee the uh, other team in that kind of Robbery between Alabama and Tennessee. Um, and they won by four, um, beat down Arizona in the first half. Arizona kind of made it close towards the back half, but yeah, Tennessee had a pretty good lead on Arizona, who's had one of the better defenses, has probably one of the, I would say, 10 best players in basketball in Bendick Mathurin. And they held him to 73 points, but I mean, only 21 points in the first half. I mean, that's amazing, honestly. Um, and that that win itself has kept kept in the C in the top twelve NET wise. They'll probably drop to losing to Texas, who uh, was sixteenth in the NET before factoring this weekend. Um, and you scroll down, you have Kansas number seven, who's seventeen and two, uh, pretty much one of the better records that anybody has in the top twenty five uh, AP or top twenty five. Um, you know, NET two losses is as good as you guess out of Auburn um and they went into the field house and beat the shot of uh, Kentucky went into the uh, field house and beat the shot of Kansas just murdered them literally it's probably the I would say one of the biggest decimations I've seen um uh, coaching not even coaching wise but like just from one team to another because it really was like a lot of exotic looks from Kentucky I mean they ran kind of the same number of off-ball actions for Kellen Grady Ran some awful action for Devin Mitz, who Davion, Davion Mitz, who had open shots, which just bricked all of them. Um, they did, you know, not only too many traditional post-ups with Oscar, but he had some, and he made them. A ton of, like, kind of pull-up, uh, you know, not really say pull-up, but, like, pull-up, stop. Like, literally stop. Get the ball, uh, charge up your shot, and then just throw up a mid-range from, uh, Brooks and Oscar and the, the centers for Kansas just couldn't like keep up with the centers for Kentucky or the I say the biggest for Kentucky 
because they would just literally have to sink in the paint to not get abused at the rim and they couldn't even react to these guys you know seven foot guys well six ten guys that are massive and just giant and they just would stop at the mid-range stop at the uh the free throw line you'd be able to get their collect their shot and everything and it's not like Oscar Shibewe, I like to call him Shibewe. Shiwe uh, has a quick shot. Keon Brooks, not really too much of a quick shot. They, they got open mid-range just butt naked and got him off. Um, Severe Willer, the drive and kick game was there all day for him. Uh, Ty Ty Washington, I think had a positive impact. He was being a pretty pretty poor scorer today. Um, and so on and so forth. I mean, it was just, it's like probably the biggest undressing I've seen for Kansas since we beat the shit out of them, like, in the final, and not the final four, but the uh, round of 32 a while back. The problem, in my opinion, this is a little bit of a, a, um, a deviation from what I was talking about, but the problem with me uh, with Kansas is that most of the time, I feel like Kansas does not have equal athletes with the comparable, comparably ranked teams outside of their conference. Like, I see their athletes, and I look at, you know, really, I would say, most of last year's Gonzaga, although I think Gonzaga's kind of supposed to have the greatest athletes uh, as they progress in their run. Um, Baylor, Auburn, Alabama. Uh, I am, you throw Alabama. Alabama's probably just, like some of the best collection of athletes out of any team, and that's why they, they've won some of the games they've won. Now, as far as like IQ, they're a very stupid team, but and that's no offense to them. Like they're just a very dumb, like dumb collection of players, but. As far as athleticism, I mean, in spades, and just so on and so forth. From my state, like Kentucky, obviously, uh, they don't have athleticism like that. They don't have foot speed. They don't have the smartest. I mean, like I think Bill Self. I think that game went to show that he at least has a little bit more acumen that people give him credit for. Like I know that pretty much people boil down his run and against his run of the Big Twelve, which just having more talent. But like he legitimately like threw out some shit. She like don't see from any coach like even on a college level he's throwing out boss and ones um i wanted him to throw out a one three and a chaser i mean don't make junk defenses out um had some pretty good sets i thought drew up at, at times for uh guys off ball but i mean braun isn't a shooter uh <laughs> okai ochai ochai he um this is what i tell people severe willer is one of like the five to ten best on ball defenders in college basketball and a lot of Auburn fans got pissed off at me because I say he's like better than like Zeb Jasper who I think is also in that kind of atmosphere or Katie Johnson who's kind of like a mirroring image of uh, Severe in many ways um, he doesn't reach for steals like, if he gets steals it's just naturally like he has I mean he doesn't even get fouls I feel like very often like, he does kind of sometimes he'll give you like some, some body to body and kind of up to the, the uh, refs that call that, but, like, he'll do a lot of, like, great defense cleanly. Like, Davion Mitchell just, from 95 feet going, just do you up, clean defense. And it's not like he has a ton of, like, foul, like, being fouled out or foul trouble uh, situations. He's just smart. Uh, he doesn't generate, I think, the same amount of steals like Katie Johnson because he just doesn't reach very often, but... um, He's amazing, dude. He's an amazing defender. He just kind of got... Uh, you know, his guy out of the game a lot. Uh, I think, from what I was told, Kellen Gray is the primary defender on uh, on, uh, on Ochai, which 
it's amazing to me because I thought he would have put severe on him pretty much the entire game, but um, he's a, he, I think he's a good couple inches taller than uh, severe, so I, I guess I understand that. And I mean, I think he went like four fourteen, four fifteen, something like that. There's something crazy. But shout out to Kellen Grady that was a primary defender on uh, Ochai, but man, they had that dude in prison. And then the rest of the offense just does not generate many, you know, many good looks in my opinion. Like the guys kind of exist. Uh, I could look at the stats real quick, I guess, but it's not really much value in that. You have to shift that up. But Kentucky is like starting five, dude, and maybe like their best six, I would say. They could play with just about anybody, dude. Like, I think it's dramatically overblown by Kentucky fans and how they would have played against us with the healthy tie tie. I'm not sure if the LSU game because they were up by about, I want to say 10 and trailing upwards uh, towards like the back half of the second half when I think uh, tie tie went out of the f- halftime and then severe, like, got knocked out around the time I'm describing currently. I may be getting that flip, but either way. Um, they look bad without either of them, obviously. They, they have like no facility outside of either of them. But with their best five or six, dude, they really are far special, I will say. Like, I, I've been giving them credit for that since the jump. Like, that's not recent, but their best six or so. You, you got to watch out for them, honestly. But this is a Kentucky podcast. I just want to kind of talk about that game. But yeah, Kentucky is shot at Kansas. Um, Purdue has not played SEC team. And Villanova, they won their one match against Tennessee handily, I would say. So, the one, two, three, boom, eight, six. Since had a top seven currently in NET, has played an SEC team, and it is five and one, which, or one and five, I should say, which is, I don't think there's another conference you would point that to. Like, I, if you had, like, I think Texas Tech played Gonzaga, they lost. Uh, I don't think Arizona's played a Big 12 team. But, you know, I mean, like, you're going to go forth, like, Big 12 it has been, I think, the pronounced best hit pro- conference in uh, basketball this season. And Big 10 has been, you know, I, I, I would say some, it depends on who you ask. Like, I think the casual fan would say it's better than the SEC. I think some of the people who watch the games a little bit more would probably say the SEC has been about equal. You don't really have some people to say the SEC is better than the Big 10. Let me just say that. More people would say the Big 10 is better than the SEC. I think they're just about equal. But looking at what's happened today, and just looking at the resume, I mean, it's hard for me to contend that the SEC isn't, at the very least, a clear number two. I mean, the Big Ten, I think, has a ton of talent, but I also would say that the Big Ten, in turn, like, if you want to look at it, let's say we view Big 12, like, the Big 12 has probably, you know, seven or eight of the better teams in college basketball I don't know if you could say that about like if you really wanted to think about it I don't know if you could say that about the um, the Big Ten like the Big Ten's highlights are what Purdue uh, Illinois uh, Wisconsin uh, I forget somebody massive I want to say Michigan State Michigan State and Ohio State kind of around like the tier one in that conference I mean outside of beating up on each other I mean I just don't think that like you can say like those are Michigan State, maybe. Um, I the more time progresses, I feel like this Purdue does not have the best feel of what like the best version of Purdue is. Like, 
I think that their guard defense is like not great at all. I would say bad, honestly, but at least not good. Um, you can't seem to get too many good Edie and Travion Williams games at the same time. Uh, they're gonna score a lot. I mean, they're always gonna score a lot. That's always something they're gonna do every NCAA tournament. But I don't know if I could really trust. I mean, Ivy had a really bad stretch for not bad, but a really iffy stretch uh, for a while. Uh, I feel like you. Can, I feel like there's a many guards that you're gonna stick on uh, Ivy from like some of the better SEC teams and just uh, take them at the game like Severe Zep. I mean, there's just some guys I can think of that just would make it hell for him. Um, I don't know. I just, I just I think the Big Ten is a little more flawed in terms of this like top dogs to the top dogs of other teams. Like you say Ohio, well. Let's say Michigan State and Purdue. Michigan State, Purdue, and you say Auburn, Kentucky, and then you say Kansas, Baylor, maybe throwing Texas Tech somewhere in there. I, I don't, I don't know who, who, like honestly, who would take Big Ten over the other two conferences in that in that kind of discussion? If you have not watched Auburn, Auburn does not grade out well, uh, especially offensively. Like defensively, they grade out a lot better than offensively. But the problem is Auburn has probably the most intangibility out of any, like, if I'm looking at the top 10 right now, out of, like, Benny T, I would say they have the most intangibility at all at top 10. Because they could just legitimately go dead cold on offense for 5, 10 minutes. Well, not for 10 minutes, but, like, about 4 minutes, five, 4 to 5 minutes. And then you will have also scored damn near as much as them, if not less. That They could just give you, like, lockdown defensive stretches like that. And they have it from one to five. Like, there's no let off in their in their starting five. There's no let off in like quality of defense. Jabari Smith is fantastic. Walker Kessler is one of the best blockers that we've seen in years, at least metrically speaking. Alan Flanagan has had a very disappointing offensive stretch of uh, to come back into SEC play, and he's still been one of the better stars in the SEC just because of his defense. Uh, Zepp Jasper, one of the best on-ball defenders, doesn't reach too often, and still is fantastic. Um, I mean, it's I just the SEC is, just really has been the class of talent, I would say. I mean, Kansas, as far as individual guys go, I would say like the SEC a lot in terms of just how little has been appreciated in individual guys. As far as like maybe like teams that seem just well constructed and high IQ and all that stuff, like you know front to back, I will give the Big Twelve definitely has better teams, and the Big Twelve is definitely deeper. I would not contend anybody on the depth of the Big Twelve. Like if I'm looking, let me look at the matchups. Uh. Yeah, so this is January 29th. Okay. So what just occurred? TCU beat LSU. Iowa State beat Missouri. Arkansas beat West Virginia. Ole Miss beat Kansas State. Florida beat Oklahoma State. Tech beat Mississippi State. Texas beat Tennessee. Okay, so these are like the auxiliary pieces, right? Like Missouri, Mississippi State, Tennessee. Those seem like you're kind of... Arkansas, like as we said earlier, it's kind of like your next guys up. Like those are the ones after the Auburns and Kentuckys of the world, and Alabama too. But you know, um, so these are like pretty much all the replaced teams have placed the other 
you know, auxiliary Big 12 teams like Texas, um, Iowa State, TCU even. These kind of guys that are like on the outside kind of looking in to the, the big the big kahuna and the, uh, the Big 12. And when you look at that, man, Tech be Mississippi State, Texas be Tennessee, TCU be LSU. So the outside guys handle kind of outside guys from SEC. Uh, I mean, there's something to be said for that. I mean, the next ones, the tier two, tier three teams, kind of did their thing in the Big 12. Now, you get the problem is that the kind of the tier one teams in the, uh, the Big 12 got their ass kicked. That's kind of the problem there, but... Um, as far as depth goes, I mean, the Big 12 won this, as I, as I can see. Uh, I'm just kind of down right now in my head. One, well, that's not my head, but one, two. Three, four. Actually, no, the, the Big 12 lost straight up. They need a, the, we need a system win. We being SEC need a system win. Auburn, Arkansas, Alabama, Ole Miss, Florida, Kentucky. So we won. Okay, well, shit. I thought they won the note numerically speaking, but they didn't even win the total amount. I will say, though, I still believe it's a deeper conference. And then I don't know how many of these were like where, you know, I don't know how many of these were in SEC land and Big 12 land, blah, blah, blah. But I digress. Um, I, I think, metrically speaking, I would take the SEC over the Big 12. I know that metrics would also say like the top seven or eight teams uh, if you like if you stack both I like doing this if you stack like both conferences together like a big pool and like ranked the teams probably like top seven or eight would be from the SEC I mean the uh, big 12 I know metrics speak that's how they would grade out but like, if you look at wins dude that top line of the SEC is killing it it's killing it right now um, funny thing is Auburn probably is like the, the, Auburn probably is the weakest wins out of like the top line of the SEC, but also it has wins over everybody else in the top line of the SEC. So by you know, um, what do you call it? Uh, I forget, I forget the word, but like by comparing this team to that team and then using that kind of uh, you know way of viewing things, Auburn sits as the kind of top of the pyramid out of all of those teams. But I don't know. That's that's really I'm just kind of going on and just spitting now, but. Um, I had fun, dude. I had fun watching those games. Some very good games. It was good seeing the Yokes kind of styles make matchups and situations. Like, if you look at Alabama against Baylor, Alabama's athleticism is just otherworldly. And even Baylor, who I thought murdered Gonzaga just based on sheer athleticism, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Something to think about, man. Something, something, something to think about. Something to think about. Man. I don't know. But I will say, if you are a Big 12 um, individual looking at this, actually, I'm just going to talk about some predictions. Cause I have an article by CBS that has predictions before the games occur. I'm just going to look at this, and I'm going to call it on this. Kentucky uh, versus Kansas. Kansas predicted to win by seven. So about a twenty-three point swing, give or take, something like that. Something crazy. Actually, seven 
They won by, I believe, 18, about 25-point swing. Um, you know, something to think about. Uh, Mississippi State against Kansas State. Mississippi State against Texas Tech. They expected uh, Tech to win by 11. I believe it was about what Mississippi State lost by. So, Tennessee, uh, Texas. They actually got this one dead right. Holy shit. Texas 58, Tennessee 57. I believe it's 51 to 50. That's fucking crazy. But they got that one almost on the dot. Um, it was at Texas, so that's about right. You know, give about the three points for uh, home field. But wow. Uh, LSU, Texas. I mean, LSU, TCU. Uh, TCU 65, LSU 60. They got that one pretty close. Um, pretty good predictions for the most part. Arkansas 80, West Virginia 70. Uh, that actually ended up being a nine-point win for Arkansas. So again, pretty much right. Uh, they did a really good job of these, actually. I can't even clown them, but they did a pretty damn good job. This one is a little bit disrespectful, I feel like. Um, and I understand the metrics, because it's, not the metrics, but like the logic, because they said the Sooners are solid enough defensively to keep it close, uh, but the Tigers are back at home and trying the momentum of a raucous environment to victory. So pretty much they were suspecting that, like, based on just the way the Styles uh, kind of played out, that it shouldn't be that bad a game. It should have been relatively close. Um, and then metrically speaking, they probably were right. Oklahoma has a top tier defense, uh, but that offensive and turnovers, and they kind of they went into it, you know, basically hearing kind of the statistical breakdown of Oklahoma on a podcast. The turnovers were a problem before this game, and I would say it's pretty much a massive reason why they lost was because of turnovers. But they had that being an eight-point win for Auburn, uh, and it being, I believe, an eighteen-point win for Auburn. Uh, which, you know, but they pretty much expect Auburn to win. Based on their rhetoric, I kind of see where they're coming from. Uh, Missouri, Iowa State, they thought that was going to be a way closer than it ended up being. Iowa State 70, Missouri 66. That's uh, so a four point game. Ended up being a 17 point game. So, yeah, that one was. Missouri just is not a very consistent team whatsoever. Uh, Baylor and Alabama. Alabama 83, Baylor 80. Wow, they really put their neck on the line for that one. That's pretty crazy. Um, wow. And they got it right. I mean, I think... What is it? What is it a nine-point game, I want to say? Uh, yeah, nine-point game. Um, I haven't been put their neck out there for that, but... You know, I mean, if you look at metrics, Alabama does project well against the better teams in and just college basketball. So, shout out them for putting their, you know, neck on the line like that. And they were rewarded with it because obviously, you know. Um, Oklahoma State and Florida. They had Oklahoma State winning by two. Uh, I believe Florida won by eight. Well, a late, uh, late game kind of lead. So, yeah, they got that one wrong. Uh, Kansas State, 67. Ole Miss, 60. That one was flipped. Ole Miss won handedly. So, yeah, I mean, they got... The majority of them, I think, very close, regardless of right or wrong. But some of the wrong, the ones they got wrong, they got wrong by a good handful of points. So I just think a lot of just I, I, based on that, I think that guys view us closer to the Big Twelve than maybe the casual fan does. But either way, dude, I mean, good win, good win uh, for the SEC as a whole. I was not unable to find any kind of polls I wanted to find here, but. You know, I enjoy things, dude. I enjoyed a lot of things here. Um, a lot of Oklahoma fans, I will say one thing. Oklahoma fans are mad as hell. <laughs> That's amazing. Oklahoma fans are fucking pissed right now. <laughs> Oklahoma fans, I didn't realize that, like, they had the same kind of 
big-headedness. It's like they have football, they have like everything else. But they're basketball fans, especially like I guess win that game, and I guess win the game handily because the SEC. I mean, Auburn fans is like them pissed, which Auburn fans have every fan base pissed, but. I don't think many fan bases that we've done are like really proud. Like Kentucky fans are proud, right? They got really pissed about this, but like outside of that, we haven't faced many proud fan bases like that. Oklahoma fans are proud and they are pissed. <laughs> See y'all later. Have a good one.